In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Over the years, when I ask women how they feel about the scripture passage that we read for our first lesson, I have found that uh, we very often feel strongly about the passage. Either we love it or we hate it. Proverbs 31 describes an idealized portrait of a woman whose work seems to never be done. This beautiful acrostic song presents from A to Z the different activities in which this woman engages along with the praise and trust that she receives from her husband, her children, and others in her community. Here, we see a standard by which all Christian women are weighed, measured, and judged. One danger in approaching this passage occurs when we are told, based on this passage, that as women, our active righteousness is primarily measured by achieving certain activities or certain roles that are specific to women. This is a line of interpretation that is simultaneously too difficult and too easy. Because on the one side, if a woman's righteousness derives primarily from those wonderful roles of wife and mother, then what righteousness could be available for those women who might never marry or who might never be given the gift of bearing children? No, when we look at this passage, we see that as women, we are not meant to take notes on the specifics of this idealized woman's activity. Otherwise, then we would also logically need to mandate that all women everywhere should also have multiple servants. We should negotiate with merchants. We should invest money, and we should be involved in the nuts and bolts of commercial agriculture, as well as feeding and clothing our households. Thank you. On the one hand, if we are defining a woman's righteousness based upon the accomplishment of this checklist of actions that depend entirely upon circum- certain circumstances that some are barred from, then we wrongly make righteousness entirely impossible for some and falsely seemingly achievable for others. Surely there is a better interpretation. Indeed, both women and men's righteousness must be found outside of our relationship status. On the other hand, then for those women among us who do find themselves in those beautiful God-given roles of wife and mother, we are in danger of seeming to teach to them an achievable perfection when we teach from Proverbs 31. If a woman's righteousness can be achieved by staying at home, by serving their husbands and children, by doing all of these things, observing all of these activities, fulfilling all of these roles perfectly, then why would we need the gospel also? And indeed, there are so many well-meaning Christian devotionals on the Proverbs 31 woman that do just this, that urge Christian women to understand their identity in light of their success or failure at attaining this particular ideal. They assume, too, that the ideal of being the perfect woman is as simple as following certain rules 
These teachings are common, and they're also dangerously semi-Pelagian. They assume that this ideal can be attained, and therefore Christian women everywhere should be able to attain it. Teachings along this line tend then to provide easy action points. Back to the checklist, right? And they follow by saying, well, ladies, just do it. Just do it. And that reminds me of a song that I've come across because of my deep love for pop music that gets me on my feet to dance. Uh, the rapper Macklemore has at least one song, and it's probably the only song that's fit for anyone under the age of 18. And it's a song called Wings. And in this song, he reflects on the Nike and Gatorade ad campaigns of the 1980s and 90s that played off of his own desire as a young boy to be like Michael Jordan. Macklemore sings, I was trying to fly without leaving the ground because I wanted to be like Mike, right? Wanted to be him. I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to touch the rim. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to fit in. I wanted what he had. America, it begins. And he continues, I want to fly. Can you take me far away? Give me a star to reach for. Tell me what it takes, and I'll go so high. I'll go so high, my feet won't touch the ground. Macklemore's song gets to this issue of identity and ideals. He looked up to an ideal, and he believed as that young boy that simply by buying those expensive shoes, he was succeeding at constructing this identity that he desired so greatly, this identity of being a basketball star or just being cool like Mike. And so, though they have clearly different targeted audiences, the Be Like Mike ad campaigns actually have a lot in common with the most frequently taught applications of the Proverbs 31 woman. Both say, essentially, this ideal is attainable, and then they say you can and should define your identity in the quest to attain it. Both, at the end of the day, say, just do it. Many women approach this passage from Proverbs echoing young Macklemore and saying, give me a star I can reach for. Tell me what it takes and I'll go so high. But this is too easy. It is all too easy to buy the shoes or the sports drink that make us be like Mike. It's all too easy to bite our tongue to clean the house quickly, maybe it's not that easy, to rise in the dead of the night, to check the box, to labor in our own strength so that we can be in our minds that ideal of the good woman that we think we ought to be. Defining ourselves based on how we're doing, based on our striving to be like the Proverbs 31 woman can only produce anxiety on the one side where we live in constant fear of not measuring up. Or on the other side, it produces pride and resentment when we think we're doing well. And so we must go back to scripture. We must dig deeper and look again at the righteousness of the woman in Proverbs 31. 
because there in the text, her righteousness is not at all defined by her doing, doing, doing. All of her doing comes from her being, which is first and foremost characterized by her relationship to the Lord. And her relationship to the Lord is one that is full of fear and reverence for his holiness and majesty, as well as a deeply humble faith. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. From this vertical relationship of being then flows all of her horizontal relationships of active doing. Her doing is best described not necessarily by those specific activities, but by her bold self-sacrifice on behalf of those whom she loves. We might be able to fake it till we make it, ladies, by doing, 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 but no amount of doing puts us right with God. In this light, we see that the perfect righteousness of this Proverbs 31 woman is not actually of the kind that is achievable, not by any woman and not by any man either. Because this kind of doing and this kind of being come from the basic standard of the law for both men and women in the Old and New Testaments. And it follows, the horizontal follows from the vertical. We hear it in Jesus' summary of the law from Matthew 22, which we repeat during every service of Holy Communion here at the Advent. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Only Jesus has fulfilled this law perfectly. Jesus is the only one who fears and loves God with all his heart, soul, and mind. Jesus is the only one who has perfectly loved his neighbor. Why then do we expect that same kind of perfection from ourselves or from the women in our lives? The perfection of the law, like the ideal of the Proverbs 31 woman, is unattainable for real men and women, as unattainable as is a Michael Jordan-style slam dunk for a 10-year-old boy. We cannot attain it, but our perfectly holy God has entered into our world in order to live and to die to create new identities for us. Jesus Christ himself has attained the ideal of perfect righteousness. His self-sacrificing love manifests itself in the way he humbles himself to serve us with his death. Now, in him, God roots and grounds our sense of being on that unshakable ground of Christ's action on our behalf. And so as Christians, as men and as women, the question, who am I, can only be answered at the foot of the cross, where all of our striving cease and where all our pride is killed and where all our anxiety is put to rest. 
Who am I? I am the one for whom Christ came to die. Who are you? You are the one for whom Christ shed his own blood. And that is all that you, men and women, and I need to remember. And so let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we come to us with nothing to bring, no righteousness of our own. All of our ceasings and strivings, our high jumps, are nothing compared to what is required. And so we fall on our knees and we ask once again for your mercy to cover us. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.